welcome to How I Got Here, a podcast series which investigates how successful people in Luxembourg have made it to where they are today. From candid stories about their journey to advice for young aspiring talent, I hope that by doing these interviews, we'll inspire listeners to see the stories behind the success. Today, I am joined in the studio by Laurent Lachetta. He founded his first company in 1986 at the tender age of 18, and we have him to thank for some of the music industry's best performers coming to perform in Luxembourg. He's the man behind the concert promotion company Denatelier, something which he started over 20 years ago. Thank you for taking time to be part of the How I Got Here podcast. How are you? It's, uh, I'm great. It's freezing, but it's good. I know, it is very, very cold. <laughs> so it's tempting to ask you about your career and all the famous people that you've worked with and met along the way. But I think for the purpose of this podcast, I wanted to start from you and from the beginning of how you became you know, who you are today. Um, what were you like as a child? Oh, well, we, we were a big family. We still are. So I had um, four brothers and sisters. So it was always very busy uh, at home. And uh, I'm the youngest one. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was, it was always like, like today. So I did uh, many things in, in the same time. And my brothers and sisters are much more serious and has a better career. <laughs> Uh, school-wise speaking, and so it didn't change much mm-hmm. all this time. Did you know what kind of career you wanted? Because you said they had a more serious career. Do you know what you wanted from a young age? No, I just, I just. the one thing I was sure about is that uh, I was quite bored at school, so uh, I left school with 17 because I didn't uh, stand it, so I couldn't stand it anymore. Um, mm-hmm. That was the only thing... Um, I really had to do something different and to do something on my own. So uh, with with 17, with a friend, we started our first company, which was an IT company, which is still going on today. Mm-hmm. And that was that was the, the thing. My, my parents weren't that amused, but they trusted me and they say, OK, if that's the way you want to do uh, it, let, let's just do it. What do you think about now? So I'm sure that there are people listening who are not good at school and they're thinking the same thing. They want to leave school and try something by themselves, but their parents might disagree. What's your advice for those people? The parents might be right. Um, It is much difficult today. Uh, When I started the IT business, IT was at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. So it's a very long time ago. And... uh, so, but still, there are many things that um, somebody with 18, 19 years can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have uh, friends which children are choosing to, to do their own business very, very early and they support it. So it's difficult to say do it, don't do it. It depends on, on, on how, much, how much faith they have in what they try to do. And then there is this one thing, it is allowed to fail. Um, even if, if something gets wrong and, and you fail in doing, I have plenty of projects that never worked. So mm-hmm. uh, it's very important to have this, this uh, availability of, of time to, to do something that will finally uh, fail. So you learn from it. Mm-hmm. And when you first started your IT company, what did your parents give you any advice? Or did they say, you know, you have five years to make this work and you're going back to university if you don't? No, they were they, they were very busy, busy with uh, other things to do at that time, and uh, we never had an, uh, a plan B. So uh, it was a good thing that it worked because we I, I don't know we didn't have a time frame or, or, or something. It just worked. And what did your parents do? 
My mother was a um, philosophy and Greek teacher, mm -hmm. and my um, father is an engineer, so it was quite a, a strange mix at home. But very different to what you do now, actually. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So were you always interested in music, or did that come later on? Music came um, a bit later um, with my best friend Patrick. Uh, we always went to a concert from very from 16 years on. We we traveled uh, in 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 many countries to see to see shows. So that 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 love of music came from that time from the school, and um, he was always more interested in the in the story. Uh, of the band and of, of who is playing with who, which which songs and whatever. And I was always more interested in the logistic behind it. So how does it work, uh, all these people, the stage building, all these things. Mm -hmm. And that's really was the foundation of what we did uh, later. At school time, we organized big parties. So that was our first step in the, sh in the show. Okay. Business. So we were very, very, very busy in organizing parties at the, at the schools. With, with thousands of people that time being, and uh, that was that was a cool a cool thing to do. I think that was a good indication that you really enjoyed organizing and getting people together because yeah. that's what your company is now, right? I'm very afraid of it because my son started now to, to organize <laughs> some parties. <laughs> it looks bad. <laughs> with the experience and the knowledge that you have now, so you're, you're thinking, oh, that's dangerous. <laughs> Absolutely, because if if I see how we organize parties. Uh, at that time, it's and, and I see the safety measures that we have to take today. Uh, mm. I'm really, really glad uh, that everything went well because. <laughs> and what do you think of the impact of social media when it comes to organizing events? Because I've noticed that in Luxembourg, so many events are they move people through social media. That's their main. A lot, a lot of restaurants may not have a website, but they will have uh, yeah. a Facebook page, for Absolutely. example. Absolutely, yeah. it, it changed. Uh, it changed the last five years uh, dramatically because before, let's say, ten years ago, um, you had to, to send this press release to the papers and then if a papers decide to write something about your show, mm -hmm. you, there might be people showing up at the end. But now I, I really think that nobody cares what is in the papers and it's much more important to have an to have an uh, event on, on Facebook and to see which friend uh, where you trust the music taste are yeah. interested in. Yeah. And then you say, hey, uh, uh, Roger is going to that show uh, that might be an interesting uh, band, even if you don't know the band. So mm -hmm. uh, that's what happened uh, with our show with Ryex uh, at the cathedral. Um, it's a very small band. Nobody really knows him for the moment, but it gets like kind of buzz uh, on, on the Facebook. So we, we eventually uh, sold out the shows, which is great, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's go back. So you're 18 years old. You've got a company with your best friend. It's an IT company. How does that transition to Denatelier? What happened after that? I was on my way to the post office at the uh, Gare Centrale, stuck in the traffic jam. And then was this, um, this sign on this building, Hall Alloué. And that was in the Rue de Holrich. Mm -hmm. And I really was stuck like for five minutes and really get nervous about this thing. So I drove into the courtyard and I just had a look and there was a cleaning lady in, in, the, in the hall and said, what is this? Oh, well, it's, uh, it's empty now. I'm cleaning it. Uh, and we don't know what we will. They don't know what they will do with it. And I got this phone number of this lawyer that I had to call. And I called him 
uh, 10 minutes later saying that I wanted to rent the hall. Mm-hmm. And that was it, because I rent the hall without knowing uh, if it was possible to, to do an, an, a live show there or whatever. And it all started from, from that traffic jam story. Did you, that's a great story, <laughs> did you rent it for one night or did you rent it for no, a we, long period of time? we rented it for a year, Okay. which was for us, the plan was to have fun during one year. The plan okay. was really to do something like, you would call it today a pop-up store. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was just an idea to do one year of parties and, and shows and then get back to, to work. Do you know what amazes me about that story? It's like, I don't know if it would happen now because say if that, you know, if I came across a space and I said that to some friends here, for sure they would say to me, oh, but what about this? Have you checked about the license? Have you checked if it's a residential area? Have you checked this? Have you checked that? Why do you think you could move so smoothly into renting it for a year without hesitation? Well, because the the financial impact was not that big mm. it was more an, an, a private thing I, I, I put some friends together and we just tried it and I suppose we did it seriously because about the license if you come to to fire department to, to a mayor of, of the city of Luxembourg with an hanky-panky project with no really beginning and, 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 and ending you won't get all these papers you yeah. need so if you go there and you have an, a serious idea and, and, and you, you look serious and you, you look like being steady in what you really want to do it, normally at the end of the day you, you get what you want. So mm-hmm. I think it's still possible today. Absolutely, there's there's plenty of youngsters. I'm working with the um, Jeune Entreprise and all these kinds of, of stuff and there are people that amaze me with, with 18, 19 years. Um, I really think it's still possible today. It's, it's different, but Mm. You just, um, but you have to be, you have to be serious in your project, and you really, really want to make it work. Because if you go there and at, at the first problem you say, okay, well, we don't do it, so yeah, it it won't happen. What about doing something like what you're doing in Luxembourg? Well, it's it's small. Luxembourg has, has its good sides and the and its, let's say, bad sides. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's it's small, so you know everybody. It goes fast. That that's the positive thing, mm-hmm. and the negative thing is um, we have a lack of of audience. So um, if you if you see biggest show, if you do six thousand people here, it's a national event, mm-hmm. and you have six thousand people in in Cologne, for example, it's 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 quite a club show. Yeah. So that's maybe the problem for for this business is we would love to do bigger thing or. or but it's difficult to get the audience together because we are a small market. Does that mean that you tend to choose more well-known acts to move an audience rather than less well-known? No, that's a choice we have always make. Um, we do um, every show. So we do uh, popular shows, um, pop acts that, that really attracts many people. And we do shows just right here at the Rotonde mm-hmm. where we have 100 people. So... That's not really the, the measurement. Of course, for the numbers, uh, the financials are more kinky uh, with a bigger show than with a smaller show. Mm-hmm. But um, we never stop doing small show and we really trying to do big show. So it, that didn't change for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Do you remember your first show that you put together? Yeah, absolutely. It was um, Jimmy Somerville. Okay. And we were very, very excited about it and... Uh, we didn't slept for for a week before <laughs> and a week after. It was it was really really um, 
special. Yeah, it was the first time we we had an, a star, let's say. We did everything wrong that we possibly could do, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it happened and it was okay. Give me some examples of things that went wrong. Wow, well, you know, from overwhelming uh, a star with too too much, you know. Basically, they want to be left um, in, in in peace and to have their moment of, of rest. Yeah. And and being <laughs> like a bee around them, then uh, you need something? Can I help you? Uh, do you want to visit Luxembourg? And <laughs> and that was that was. But we yeah, it's, yeah. it's normal for the first time. It, it's cute and. Uh, but uh, after, let's say, after 20 shows, you start to, to get the, the right uh, reflexes. Yeah, you realize then that they probably don't need all that. And they just want to yeah. have <laughs> Wi-Fi and sleep and a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Who's been your favorite act that you've invited to Luxembourg? That's a tricky question that in every interview, um, I, I, I have this question to to. To, to answer, I, I don't know because we, we do 150 show a year since 20 years mm. now, so it's difficult. So we have I have bands that I really like, like Folds, for example, which are crazy mm. people, great musicians. They deliver the show. Um, they promise. Um, I had I had um, special moments uh, hanging around with uh, Robert Plant. Uh, at 2 a.m. in an Italian restaurant, uh, mm -hmm. talking about uh, Indian percussion mm -hmm. was a crazy moment. It was yeah. really cool. But, you know, it not always happens. It just happens. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and I'm not looking for it, but if it, something cool happens, it's always... Uh, I have um, picked up uh, Susan Vega at the airport to take her to the venue, and we get into an education uh, discussion because her daughter was there with her six years old. And I ended up to being in front of my home because I was so in the discussion that, that I just took the, wrong, yeah, <laughs> I took the wrong... Hello, welcome to my home. Yeah, so I, I got, uh, we got a, a cup of coffee uh, at home and that was very nice. But, yeah. uh, you know, it, it just happened or it doesn't happen. So uh, I'm not looking for it. Um, Fabienne at the venue, which is uh, working at the Atelier for, for 20 years, mm. she's doing all the backstage stuff. She has 1,000 stories to tell because mm -hmm. she's really the mother where you want to go when you have a problem, you want something to be fixed or just mm. to have fun. So I'm more in the, in the coming late at the venue. And so there is a meeting, there's not a meeting. It, it depends. As, you know, as an audience, um, as a concert goer, I would say that the most disappointing thing is when you go and see your favorite band or your favorite performer live. And this is a very personal thing, yeah. but I think that I hate when they don't interact with us or they don't say, you know, they don't make any acknowledgement as to where they are. I appreciate that they go all over the world and they go to all these places, but we also make a big effort to be there Absolutely, that day. Yeah. The, you know, we pay money and we're there and we've taken the time. And when they don't acknowledge the fact that they're in Luxembourg or they don't, uh, it's not even in Luxembourg. It happened to me in Shanghai. I went to see one of my favorite bands. Which one? Oh, God. <laughs> um, okay, I next. still really like them. Um, it was Maroon 5. Oh, yeah. and oh, that hurts. Um, <laughs> they they were not very nice. No, they are not nice people. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 had them twice, I think. Okay. And uh, no, they are not. Um, they're not funny people. 
adult. Right, and it, it, <laughs> it hurt me because they were tickets that I had to ask my boss for because he said I have two tickets and someone in the office can have them. I'm in an office with 230 people. So had, you had to fight. So I had to fight 229 <laughs> people off to get these tickets. We arrived and we found out that the welcoming act, um, they never got their visa. So we had maybe like 45 minutes of just standing there yeah. waiting. When the Maroon 5 finally came on, they didn't say hello Shanghai, you know, they didn't yeah. say sorry about what happened. They just played and they left. Uh, it's it's an American thing. Um, then some some artists really don't like to tour, mm. but they have to because that's where the money comes from. Yeah. So that's uh, you, you you feel it, and then you have to. On the other hand, you have this totally exaggerated. Uh, Hello, this will be the best night yeah. of the tour, and I you're know. the best crowd, and which is. Uh, as it's boring as the other extreme. So, yeah. so you have you have live bands and you have bands that tours and it's it's a difference. And then, on the other hand, you can say they if they have a tour of one hundred dates, it might happen that they have a bad day. So you know, it's just True. arrive on stage and maybe it was cold or they have a headache or whatever. True. But let's take Maroon Five as an example. They are not an cool bunch of people they are just mm -hmm. there to do the business they do it well because they own uh, a lot of money with it so but they have no interaction at all but we have uh, a long list of of, of bands that uh, don't care where they are and they don't care how many people are in the room or on, on, on the other way it's it's the same thing we had shows at the atelier with 70 people mm -hmm. small bands or bands that for a reason didn't sell the amount of tickets we we uh, we expected and sometimes there's amazing things that happen because the the artists really say, wow, you're the 70 people that really come to my show. Yeah. And they, they do a great, great show. They just change the whole uh, list of of, show, of, of, of uh, songs they want to play. So it, it can be the other way around. But normally they just want to get the money and, and do the show and, and, and to leave. Which is fair enough, but uh, we it's notice, you know, it's a yeah. job, we notice. And of course, people have bad days at their job. You know, not everyone is 100%. Voila. Are you willing to share who the worst act you've had is? Like what the worst experience you've had the is? The worst experience? Yeah. I think that was Tool, which is an American um, alternative band. Okay. And yeah, they were really, you know, that's like the American um, that thinks that Europe is uh, like um, a danger zone and, and, and it's just stupid Americans coming to Europe to make, to make some money. And, and, and it was really, really not, not a nice day. They were very, very uh, stupid. But you, you forgot um, the day after you just, they left. So uh, yeah. it's, no, it's not a problem. It's just an... an Another cool day to have when the technical crew is arrogant and mm. when the management is really, really uh, getting on your nerves for nothing. Yeah. And um, but yeah, well, it's for us as well. It's a job to do, so we do the job, and then uh, we don't we don't have to be friends with the band when they when they leave at one o'clock in the morning. So mm -hmm. that's um, not the point. Yeah, that's not the point. So yeah. it, it's much more uh, cool to have it like that. Yeah. But uh, we had we had some. Bad experience with nice people that just had a bad day or bad drugs or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. and on the other way around, we had um, people where we have been warned that uh, they are real assholes and they turn up to be uh, the nicest guy. I love on when Earth. that happens. Like yeah. uh, Kings of Leon, um, they, are, they have this image to be very, very... Uh, 
uh, not cool uh, backstage. And when they came the first GM uh, at the Rockefeller, it was it was just a great day. We had an, uh, we grilled some sausages uh, backstage after the show, so that was cool. We had no problem at all with them. Mm-hmm. So it can change. So let's talk about Rockefeller. Yeah. Uh, how did this start? And so for those listeners who don't know, it's a festival that takes place once a year. Yeah. It's one of the biggest festivals in Luxembourg. I would say it's the biggest. Tell us how you started. Well, it was, we had um, the club um, working since 10 years. We, we did shows at the club, at the rock hall and things like that. And the next logical step was to, well, an open air show is a cool thing to do. And we started to look at a site uh, and we wanted to have a an, an site in the green, really something uh, special. And then we found this um, spot in Rosa, mm-hmm. and we did the same as we did uh, 10 years before for the club. We just went to the mayor and say, hello, um, my name is Laurent and you have this uh, green spot in the, in the forest there and I want to bring there many, many people to make um, a lot of noise and a lot of waste and then to leave again two days after. And he said, well, <laughs> are you serious? And said, yeah, yeah, but there's no parking slot and no water, no electricity, nothing. It's just a green, uh, a green uh, place. And he said, yeah, that's exactly what we were looking at. And that was the start. So they trusted us for one year. Again, yeah. they say, okay, we, we, you got the authorization for one time. Mm-hmm. And then after uh, we... we we continued to do to did it to do it, and uh, it was eleven. Yeah, uh, last year it was the eleventh edition. I love the way you say it, as if you weren't surprised that they let you do it. Well, in Luxembourg, um, yeah, yeah, in Luxembourg, when when I, I'm I'm really convinced, um, if you go to to somebody that that doesn't know you but knows your reputation uh, about yourself your partners and your companies and you don't act like a totally fool and you just can make a sentence which makes sense. I'm I'm quite sure that you can have nearly everything in Luxembourg Mm -hmm. because it's so small. Everybody knows everybody. So if it's had to go to the prime minister, it will go to the prime minister because he's just a phone call away. Yeah. And that's what you just have to meet him crossing the streets in Luxembourg City. So it's so easy somewhere to get the to get the right people on 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 the phone so when we decided to do this um, show at the cathedral we Mm. didn't know anybody at the cathedral how should we Mm -hmm. Uh, so we just take it from the phone book and 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 call this number which is in the phone book get a very nice lady on the phone that gave us the right guy I don't know if guys the right term, the right padre yeah. <laughs> to call. <laughs> the right and one. and we, we just explained him the project and, and then he asked, but um, is this music that would fit into the cathedral? And the second question was, uh, will it be a correct audience, which are okay questions for a cathedral? Of course. And we say yes to the one and yes to the second one. And then they say, okay, we trust you. Let's do it. And it was great. So Rockefeller was the same thing. So... Uh, but if we would have um, fucked it up the first year, of course, it, the, the bad news would go as fast as the good news. So it it will be a no. It would have been a no for the second year. It's a double-edged sword, Absolutely. isn't it? Yeah, because so it's small. You just yeah. have to do it seriously and, and to clean the place and to respect the people that live around the place and to mm-hmm. talk to the 
to, to the forest uh, mm -hmm. guard uh, to see what we can do to avoid uh, problems with the, the the animals that, that lives there, etc., etc. So that was the start. We started with one day, and then we went to two days, and then to three days festival. Yeah. What I really like about your attitude is that despite the fact that Luxembourg is small, you don't let that stop you. You actually use it to your advantage. I've met so many people that say, oh, I wanted to do this, but Luxembourg was too small, so I left for a couple of years. And they always end up coming back, let's be honest. You know, a lot of the talent always <laughs> leaves and then ends up coming back because they realize that there are so many benefits to being a small place and you can really thrive in this environment. So I think it's great that you make it the most has of it. It has its limits. Um, so that's one of the reasons why we are taking a sabbatical year for the Rockefeller in 2017 is we, we really, the biggest audience we had there was 18,000 people uh, each day that is and, but that's really the limit we, we, we had this massive lineup two years ago uh, with, with Kings of Leon, 30 Seconds to Mars and, and, and Skrillex and really big big names that uh, in other countries we would have attract I don't know, 40, 45,000 people mm -hmm. and we were expecting to sell more than what we usually did, but we, we have seen with the Rockefeller that we have this this maximum that we, we cannot break, even with big, big names and with mm -hmm. uh, cheap ticket price. We really tried everything and, and we just achieved the, the maximum possible amount of tickets for this country, I think. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a kind of, not annoying, but sometimes you say, hmm, we, could, we couldn't go... We couldn't go further, uh, yeah. and, and that's. But you have to live with that. So we have, we decided not to do a festival this year because we wanted to to make a statement. Because Rockefeller has has become like an automatic national event, like the Schobermess or, or whatever else. Yeah. And we just wanted to point out to the, to the people and to our crew that it's a private owned event. Just to and remind people. Yeah. 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 Right. It's not. Yeah. Uh, it's not something that uh, you have because we have youngsters. Which, ha which have now 19 years, they come to the Rockefeller since they can go out. Yeah. So for them, it's just like, yeah, of course, there is a Rockefeller and we wanted to say hello. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> we can stop not. it when we want to. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And we are a small crew and, and, and we wanted to, 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 the lineup of last year was not the best lineup we had. And so I think it's a good thing to, to step back, to, to have some second thought about it and to, to come back in 2018 and... So we will have a different summer this year, which is cool. Um, I think it was definitely noticed. Yeah. As, so as, soon as, uh, as soon as it was announced that it wasn't happening this yeah, year, I think amazing. everyone panicked. Yeah, 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 it was, it was really the right thing to do. It was a good feeling yeah. for us. Essentially, it was good. We were like of, well, the, the, the crew, which, so in, at the atelier, we have, let's say, 10 people working. Uh, for the Rockefeller, we have six, 650 people working. So this this amazing crew we have, uh, which is working with us since since years. I'm talking about the people that sells the beers, the merchandising, the fire department, the police, all these people. And they were really, really sad that we wouldn't see us yeah. <laughs> on this point. So we decided to have an, a big barbecue with the crew, just the crew. Okay, so <laughs> none of us are invited, just no, the crew? absolutely oh, okay. not. Okay. And no tickets on sale for that. <laughs> So it will be a quieter summer for you this year. Yeah, we we're working on, on on different projects, small and different one, and um, um, I think personally we have different projects as well. I will not be in in the country on that time because I have 
some other things to do, mm-hmm. and, and so it's it's quite a good thing to, yeah, to to have a a break. That's but we can expect a big comeback next year. For the moment, yes, we have now this uh, because saying that we won't have a uh, rocker field in two seventeen, um, some people at the Ministère de la Culture woke up. Yeah. And they say, oh, wait, wait. <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> wait, you are in our uh, communication channels as a uh, cool and young country. They need you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so they um, they took out the checkbook, which is a nice thing because um, it is, the, the Rockefeller is not financially, it's not the, f- the nice, the clever thing to do. Um, I think it would be more clever to go to a casino and to put everything on black or on red <laughs> or, or what, whatever color you can choose. Because if it rains or if the ticket sales are slow, it really goes in big numbers mm-hmm. very fast. So uh, it's, it's a dangerous uh, g- game to play. And now as the Ministère de la Culture has said, okay, and we understand your, your thought, uh, let us help you. It, it looks quite good for, to, for 2018, yeah. I don't think many people know that it's privately funded. I think it's just a given that because yeah. it happens every year, people assume that, you know, like the Schubafoa, that it is, you know... Or the Auto Festival. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that it's state-supported. What are the main obstacles that you've found because you're privately funded? Of course, apart from the financial. Yeah, well, the money is a big a big thing. Um, in Luxembourg, the, um, the, the state is, is very, very powerful. And the people working in the state are very... Many, many people in Luxembourg works for the state. So yeah. this this kind of um, keeping together. So if you are a state organization, you will get more help from the state mm-hmm. as if you have a private um, private thing. It, it's about to change, I think, because um, Xavier Buttel is a very, very strong uh, fighter for, for this. That, um, for example, there is no status as a private-owned cultural Organizer, it doesn't exist in Luxembourg. Mm-hmm. So we are a commercial organizer, okay. which is okay for me, but it's not very fair because we're doing cultural thing. We're now doing Harry Potter with the Orchestre Philharmonique uh, of Luxembourg. So this is a big cultural thing with with really a big. And it invites people from the Grand Region to abs- come. Absolutely. And see, so yeah. this is something I want. I really want to change. I want. I want that it will be now accepted that um, private people can do culture. Yeah. Uh, five years ago, it was c- nearly vulgar to say, yeah, I'm, I'm selling tickets. Mm-hmm. And people would like to hear, yeah, culture is for free and selling tickets is, is like doing, doing some business. Yeah, I'm doing some business in the cultural business. And this is something that I would like in Luxembourg to be more accepted. Mm-hmm. It, it, is, it is coming, but it's slow. How do you get such famous performers? How do you get their attention despite being such a, a local company? Well, it's, it's, um, the whole business is run by, um, let's say, 50 uh, agencies. Mm-hmm. And in these in this agencies, you have from one to, to, I don't know, 20 agents. And um, if they know you and if they have done things with you before, which have uh, worked well, mm-hmm. both from the financial as from the production, they trust you. So at, at the end, it's a question of money. So we're struggling um, with some competitors that uh, are paying the artists much more than we would do mm. because we have to have a benefits of this show. So that's the main problem. So And the artists for the moment are really, really looking for every cent 
So prices are getting totally crazy. Uh, a band that we have paid, let's say, 40,000 euros uh, 10 years ago will now get paid 150, mm -hmm. for example. And that's, that's, you see it in ticket price um, because ticket price are just getting nuts. It's, it's crazy. We, we have now tickets price of 70, 75, 90 euros, mm -hmm. which is, I, I really think it's a kind of ridiculous, but um, they want the money and there's, there's only one paying guy and that's the pantas that comes to the show. Yeah. And maybe a sponsor or something like that, but the money comes from you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we are just uh, the, 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 the middleman. So uh, that's something that's really, really annoying. Um, Five years ago, a ticket price on average was 35 euros, which I think was okay. Mm -hmm. And now we are, we, are going, we are going to 70, 75. And so I understand even more people which are then annoyed. They have paid 75 euros, come to a show, and then you have a not responsive uh, artist on stage. That can be really annoying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of ticket sales, there was um, something in the media recently where artists like Adele, um, I think someone else spoke out about this. I think it may have been Ed Sheeran, but people reselling tickets yeah. um, for a higher price. What's your feeling about that? It has always been like that. Um, it's more and more complicated because all the, for example, our tickets that you buy on Atelier.lu have their name, your name on the ticket. So mm. it's it's getting more and more easy to control this. So I. I so I you bring ID and then you prove yeah, that that's yours. So it, it it has always. I think it's Adele complaining about uh, black market tickets. It, it makes me lose something because. <laughs> she's doing so so much money yeah. with their ticketing, so I don't think she has to complain about uh, <laughs> about ticket sales. Um, yeah. But it is yes, it's black market. It's like selling black cigarettes or whatever. So um, if people are a, a little bit clever, uh, they buy the ticket um, on the official uh, website of the venue, which will automatically be the original ticket. So they won't have to face. Tickets because we we cancel tickets if we see that tickets are not used or if the owner tells us that the tickets has been stolen, we can deactivate the, the tickets in our system. So you might end up buying very expensive tickets on the street and not getting into the venue afterwards. So it's not a. Clever it's at thing. your own risk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You think you're being clever, but then wait mm, till you get to the door. Clever. Yeah. Um, do you still enjoy your job? Because you've been doing it a while now, if I might, if I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Do you no, still no, it's enjoy? It's a very good question, and, and I asked myself this question three years ago, and um, not every show. So we changed the structure of our company two years ago. So we were two of us, two uh, elderly people, and we have <laughs> now <laughs> we have now uh, two um, new partners, which are. Uh, a lot younger and doing a great job. So we now four people in the company and they are taking over the day-to-day -day business more mm -hmm. and more. Uh, I do really like um, this moment. There are some moments in the day. Um, when you do a show day, there's some moment. There's the, the moment where the artist arrives in the venue. That yeah. can be six o'clock in the morning. That can be six o'clock in the afternoon. You don't know. Mm -hmm. Because there's something strange because... They are taking control of the room. And then is this the moment where the doors open for the audience. Yeah. It's another thing because then it's not your room anymore. It's the audience room. So the audience is in and you have to take care of the audience. And then my favorite moment is this moment where the house lights uh, 
is switched off and the show begins because you you nearly can tell how the show will be from that moment on. Really? Yeah, it, it depends how the people, you know, this this very second where the people um, stop talking or not stop talking okay. or this expectation yeah. and the buzz and, and you really feel it. You feel it on, on the bar even, what people are drinking, if they are excited or not and... And we have, we have seen so many great shows at Atelier, especially, which is a venue I really love, this, this, this small stage. And, and it's always good to have, you take, you're talking about um, uh, Ed Sheeran. He, he really loved to play at Atelier. It was a great, a great guy, really, really great guy. Much bigger now, so we can't fit it. Even at Rock Hall, it's, it's impossible to do a show with him. But um, he really loved this, 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 this small venue. And it was nice, that was a nice uh, meeting with... Oh, he he that's good explained to hear me um, that his father visited him at Glastonbury Festival, mm-hmm. and it's one of the most secured festival. You really have to have let's let's like ten passes to go yeah. to an artist because it's very very controlled and so. And he was sitting. He he told me this story because it was the day after he was in Luxembourg. It um, he was sitting in his um, in his restroom in his uh, loge. And his father came in and said, hey, father, what are you doing here? <laughs> I just wanted to visit your son. And said, oh, great, great, great. And I said, but you don't have any creden- credential. You have yeah. no, no pass, everything. And he said, well, they looked at me and they said, yes, you must be the father of the children. <laughs> 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 so it was cool. That was uh, nice people. Nice. So it's good when you have experiences like that, then you know that you love your job. But then yeah. there are also downtimes too. Yeah, of course. It's it's. Sometimes it's uh, it's complicated. Sometimes the music is shit. Some sometimes the band are really not not nice or mm. ticket sales. But we have a great great crew working for us, so they do the job day after day and with the same passion. I would say, of course, a show is a show. But you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't do the job if you would not be interested in in seeing what's going on. Sometimes we really have shows that really are not interesting to us mm-hmm. so it's like working in a bank uh, you open the venue you, you do the job and and you go home but here there's always a little bit of partying because you have the bar crew so people leave and then the artists leave you cleaning up the place and having a last drink with the bar crew you know mm. there's always a special moment somewhere even in in, in with a very small sh- small show or whatever so it's not a standard job. So I think you, you people that works for us really likes what they're doing and they do it well. What do you feel is your biggest achievement, personally? Well, that's a too complicated question. I think being happy is quite uh, complicated. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think you've achieved that? I'm working on a daily basis on it, yeah. Okay, <laughs> good. This might be an even harder question for you because uh, I always think it's easy for other people to tell you this, but I just want to hear it from you. What do you feel like is the reason that you've become successful? I had no other choice. But that's an attitude. So that's, some, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's an attitude that you yeah. feel that you have no choice to be. So that's something to do with your personality. So you're fundamentally meant to be successful. No, I don't think so. No, I had great parents, uh, great uh, childhood, uh, very strong family. Um, so I think that gives you um, uh, the chance. And that's, that's something which, which is stupid to say. But people that does, do not have this background might have much harder uh, times and I had to 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 do whatever I do, but um, 
No, it's it's a it's a package. So uh, uh, we d yeah, I tried it and it worked, and it's not finished. I have plenty of things to do. So yeah, we'll see. Cool. Um, and what would you tell your eighteen-year-old self? Oh, uh, I wouldn't change. Uh, what would I tell him? Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give him too much of advice because um, that's the, that's the part. It's now when you're getting older. You you tend to think that you you are almighty and you know everything and it's absolutely not true because it's changing so fast. Mm -hmm. uh, again, when I meet uh, younger people uh, in projects, they surprise me sometimes. Sometimes the experience can be of advantage when you say, "Well, that's a crap idea. Don't go there." Or you have too too many ideas. Just try to reduce them mm -hmm. to three packages. But sometimes they really really surprise me. Uh, how fast they are and, and in a changing world, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give him any advice uh, because that might Because be it went quite well, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah, went yeah. Quite but, well. but still they have to do, they have to do their, own, uh, their own way. Yeah. And, and, and um, all the, the relationship with the parents is something which is very, very important. So some young people doesn't have this chance to have good relation or parents at all. Mm -hmm. So there is something we can, older people, we can, we can really help out. But if you have good, a, good, um, a good field at home that you can, you can use, I think that's, that's enough to start, to start with 18 years. Mm -hmm. And who is the ultimate act or performer that you want to invite to Luxembourg? The Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and <laughs> do we have anything to look forward to this year in particular? So is there anything that you think that we should pay attention to from you this year? No, no, because it's, it's so different. Um, no, so uh, we we working on headline shows now. We have this Blumen Group things uh, coming on, which is not rock, but it's definitely uh, a good thing to see, but it's all sold out. Uh, we have this Harry Potter thing, which is amazing because we're working for the first time with the Orchestre Philharmonique. So we really have this Luxembourgish attitude mm. in doing a production because we just bought the right in doing this. We didn't buy a production. Yeah. So we have to set up the whole cinema screens, the orchestra. And, and so that's a really nice thing to do. Um, When's that on? Well, end of the year. Sometime. Okay. Don't ask dates. Uh, okay. It's complicated. <laughs> um, we have many shows at the club. We have many shows here at the Rotonde. Uh, I think people are happy. We want to do two, three cool things in the summer. And we will see. Great. Um, and my final question for you is, what would be the soundtrack to your life? Well, I choose um, this one song from Jacques Brel, not because I listen to it every day, but I have heard this song from my very first year. Mm. So it's a song that has traveled with me during my whole life. My parents were really big fans from Jacques Brel. Mm -hmm. And so it's like this song, you know, you know it for so a long time that um, it's just part of, of you. Now my, my kids has to listen it, to it uh, once a week. <laughs> so maybe it will, it will go on. It's a funny song uh, anyway. Okay, so I'm going to leave everyone with this song. Thank you so much for coming Thank you for in. Having me. And uh, we look forward to hearing more from you soon. Thank you.
T'as voulu voir Vierzon et on a vu Vierzon T'as voulu voir Vesoul et on a vu Vesoul T'as voulu voir Honfleur et on a vu Honfleur T'as voulu voir Hambourg et on a vu Hambourg J'ai voulu voir Anvers, on a revu Hambourg J'ai voulu voir ta sœur et on a vu ta mère Comme toujours T'as plus aimé Vierzon, on a quitté Vierzon T'as plus aimé Vesoul, on a quitté Vesoul T'as plus aimé Honfleur, on a quitté Honfleur T'as plus aimé Hambourg, on a quitté Hambourg T'as voulu voir Anvers, on a vu que c'est Faubourg T'as plus aimé ta mère, on a quitté ta sœur Comme toujours Je n'irai pas plus loin, mais je te préviens.